Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Better. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Well, hello, New Point. I want to welcome each and every one of you, however and wherever you are joining us. I want you to know how thankful I am for you to be joining us today. I've been hearing all kinds of stories literally around the world, how God is moving and speaking and bringing hope and healing and transformation to people's lives. So I just wanna encourage you to continue to let us know in the chat of what God is doing in your life because what that does is that encourages me, that encourages our team because we're committed to helping you to realize and reach their full potential in Jesus Christ. And when you share a story and you let us know how it has encouraged you, how it has spoken hope into your life, it gives us the energy and the perseverance to continue to do what we're doing. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I also wanna encourage you to continue in our 21 days of prayer. As I just said, Prayer is an opportunity for you and I to remember who God is and what he's done. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I move at such a fast pace that I forget what God has done. And when I do that, then I focus on the circumstances and I wonder how I'm going to make it and am I going to be able to handle the situation. And so prayer brings clarity to who God is, that he's great, he's good, he's generous, And when I remember that, even though maybe my circumstances have never changed, I sense peace in my heart. So I want you to continue to participate in that 21 days of prayer, and I'm sure it will bring hope and clarity and peace to your heart. Now, we're in this series called Better, and what we're saying is that when life hands you choices, choose better, because life is uncertain. It's uncertain. It throws you and I curveballs, and, and, and it throws you and I in situations that are uncomfortable and sometimes flat out scary. And so I want you to know, I want you to know that God wants you to choose better. Now, we have an author, we have a teacher, his name is Solomon, all right? And he's written a journal. And basically, he's written from his own life's experience as well as Uh, what he's observed in other people. And what we're seeing is, it's not so much what happens to you and I, it's how you and I respond. And if you and I respond and we choose better, we can begin to experience peace. And your anxiety, my anxiety can begin to go down. Because what we learn is that life is filled with ups and downs, okay? Life is not fair. And Solomon has discovered that life without God is really meaningless, and we have no hope in dealing with our our anxieties and our fears and our worries because life is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. Now, I got a question for us as we dive into chapter 11, and again, I hope that you're reading a chapter a week and just kind of thinking through it. And I just want to lift out some truths again, but before we get to uh, chapter 11, I want to ask you a question today. What are you doing to keep your edge? What are you doing to keep the cutting edge of your life sharp? Would you say that life has become dull? 
that you've lost your edge? You know, what do you do to make sure that, that your edge is sharp? Who are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? How long are you going to allow yourself to be robbed of joy and fun and the challenge of living life to the fullest? You see, you and I have to be intentional in choosing life to the fullest. And I believe that too many of us are putting off life. We procrastinate. We wait for that perfect moment. Or you wait until you can afford it. Or you wait until you can figure it all out. And what happens is we procrastinate on really living life. And when we do that, we end up robbing ourselves of the life that God has for us. And I'm telling you, he has an incredible life for each and every one of us. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And so what we're going to learn today is Solomon would tell you and I that we need to be intentional with our choices, that we need to be deliberate, and that once we've made up our mind, we need to go all in and live life live life. That's why Jesus Christ died for you and died for me, so that we could live life to the fullest. Now, Jesus says this in one of his parables in Luke chapter 19, verse 6, and, and he's speaking, and, and as we've said, Jesus is greater than Solomon because Jesus is perfect in all of his wisdom, and here's what he has to say. He says, risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe, and you end up holding the bag. Wow. Here's what I would say to most of us, okay? We're not living life to the fullest, and we're holding the bag. We're holding the bag. And, and, and Jesus wants you to be able to live life and life to the fullest. So here's a question for you. When's the last time you really went all in on something? unreservedly. Can you honestly remember the last time that you pushed the envelope, that you broke the routine, that you did something that you knew was right, you knew it was right, but you know what? It made you so uncomfortable. It, it, it called you out of your comfort zone. When was the last time that you've done that? Or, or are you just existing? Somebody has said that if you choose a rut, you better choose it carefully because you're going to be in it for a long, long time. And I would dare say some of us today, we've been in that rut for a long, long time. And somebody has said that a rut is just a grave with both ends knocked out of it. So what are you protecting? What are you waiting on? You know, life is no time to play it safe. And I'm not talking about being reckless, okay? That's probably where some of your minds are going. But I'm just talking about you know the right thing. It's uncomfortable, it's hard, it's difficult, it's challenging, but you know the right thing. It's a little bit scary, it's pushing the envelope, it's making you uncomfortable, but you haven't gone for it because you're saying, well, the circumstances aren't right. And I'm waiting for this to happen or that to happen. So what happens is really, to be truthful, you're living in fear, and fear has paralyzed you, and so you're not living the life that God has for you. 
And so Solomon addresses this in his journal. The, the last two chapters of Ecclesiastes is all about developing and having a lifestyle that is contagious and that is rare, that people would look at you and they would look at me and they would say, you know, I, I wish I had your life because it's so rare. And by the way, there's no age limit to this, okay? No age limit. It's for all of us. I remember reading about Tony Campolo talking to a, a group of, of senior adults. Matter of fact, they were 95 years old. And he talked to about 50 of them. And he asked them this question, and I want to ask you this question as well. But he asked them this question. What would you do differently if you were given the opportunity to live life all over again? Do you know what they said? They said, you know what? If I had to do life all over again, these are people who are 95 years old, okay? They said, I would reflect more. I just would reflect more. And then they said, I would risk more. I would take more risk. Basically what they were saying is, I would push the envelope. I wouldn't wait for perfect conditions. And then they would do more things that would outlive them, that would live on after they died. And so Solomon is challenging you and I in, in chapter 11 to really live and to live life to the fullest. So let's dive in. Here's what he says in verse 1. He says, give generously for your gifts will return to you later. Divide your gifts among many for in the days ahead you yourself may need help. He goes on to say, when the clouds are heavy and the rains come down, when the tree falls, whether south or north, the die is cast, for there it lies. Listen to this. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. God's ways are always mystical as the path of the wind and as the manner in which a human spirit is infused in the little body of a baby while it is yet in its mother's womb. He says, keep on sowing, keep on giving, keep on sowing your seed, for you will never know which will grow. Perhaps, it's, perhaps it all will grow. Now, Solomon is saying a lot of great things just in these short six verses. He's saying that you and I are to give generously, that you and I are to invest, that we're to be patient, that, we're be to, uh, that, that we are to be to committed, that we can't wait for perfect conditions. He's saying so much, but I believe that he's telling us a couple of things. And here's the first thing that I sense that he's telling us. He is telling us to invest yourself. Invest yourself generously. You see, it's an amazing thing what happens in your life and in my life when we invest ourselves in a generous way. It's incredible. Because what happens is when you and I invest ourselves in a very generous way, it begins to come back to you and I. And so Solomon would say, if you're going to live life to the fullest, you need to make some intentional choices. And one is to invest yourself, to give yourself generously to others and to things. Be generous, he would say, to you and me. You see, when you and I release our lives to others, something remarkable happens. And I don't fully understand it, but God honors it. And when you and I release ourselves to others by investing ourselves to them, then God's faithfulness kicks in. And he'll bring back to you and me an abundance of benefits and blessings far beyond what we ever invested in. 
Now, does it take some risk? Absolutely it does, all right? You know, in one trace, translation, it says, it says, send off your ships across the sea with your seed. Basically, you know, if you're going to go on the sea and you're going to be in a ship, you know what? There's risk because you might have to deal with pirates or thieves, or you might have to deal with the weather. But he is saying it's worth the risk to be able to invest and to be able to give. Solomon says this in Proverbs eleven twenty five, and I think this is so good. He says, a generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. What's he saying? Instead of protecting yourself always, release yourself. Release yourself in a way in which God can bless you. And so invest yourself. Now, chances are, if you're a happy person today, it's because you're generous, okay? I've never met an unhappy person, okay, who wasn't generous, okay? Happy people are generous. There's something fulfilling. There's something about giving yourself away. And Solomon is saying to you and I that when we invest in other people, when we invest in all of the things around us, that what happens is it affects us inwardly. And so he says, invest and invest generously. Don't, listen, don't underestimate your impact on people around you. Don't miss the opportunity to invest in someone's life. You see, you never know when that investment will come back and bless you. Now, when I talk about investing in others, I'm not just talking about your family members and those people close to you. I'm talking about in a diverse way. That, that as God brings people into your life, that you're willing to invest in them. You know, for some of us, it may be teaching fifth grade boys, or it may be teaching that junior high group, because what happens is you won't get the investment immediately, but they'll come back to you later, and you know what they'll say? Hey, you were my teacher when I was in fifth grade, or you were my small group leader. And you know what? I never forgot. I never forgot the impact that you had on me. And so he would say, invest generously. He's letting you and I know that it's wise for you and I to be able to invest and to invest generously. And he would say, divide your gifts among the people, okay? Because you don't know what's going to come to fruition. You don't know what's going to come back to you. And so Solomon would say to you and me, that we need to invest. Now, again, it doesn't exempt you and I from difficult and hard times. We're going to have that, okay? We're going to experience that. But he would say, invest yourself generously. And I would encourage you to do that. So here's my question. Who are you investing in right now? Who are you investing in right now? And I would encourage you to invest in some, some things and some people that maybe you won't get a quick return in. You're just doing it because you know it's the wise thing, because God never forgets who you and I invest in. Matter of fact, Jesus says it like this, okay? Jesus would say in, in, in Luke, he would say, give, and it will be given to you. You will have more than enough. It can be pushed down and shaken together, and it will still run over as it has been given to you. Now listen to this. He says, the way in which you have given to others will be the way in which you receive it in return. And so Solomon would say to you and me, invest 
and invest generously. And then he would say, commit yourself. Commit yourself. Look what he says here in these next verses. He says, when the clouds are heavy, the rains uh, come down. When a tree falls, whether south or north, the die is cast, and for there it lies. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. He says, God's ways are mysterious as the path of the wind and the manner in which a human spirit is infused into that little body of a baby while it is yet in its mother's womb. He says, keep on sowing. This is the commitment. Keep on sowing your seed, for you never know which will grow. Perhaps it all will. And so Solomon here is describing people. He's describing people. He's describing people like you and me who observe the obvious and we note the inevitable but we are reluctant. And he's saying, don't do that. Keep sowing. Commit yourself, okay? He says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you won't get anything done. And some of us, that's why we're not living life to the fullest. We're, we're waiting for perfect conditions. And Solomon is saying, commit yourself, pursue, go after that which you can change. Go after that challenge that is right in front of you. Don't let the how get in the way of the what. You see, what happens is many times we know what we should do. We just don't know how we should do it. And it causes us to be hesitant. And Solomon is calling you and I to invest ourselves and to commit ourselves. Now, when you do that, don't expect to get recognized. Don't expect to get a plaque, okay? Don't necessarily expect to get rich. Just commit yourself. Commit yourself. You see, he says this. He says, just as you don't understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. What he is saying is, you know what? If you wait until you figure it out, you'll never do it because you can't figure out God. That's why we're called to trust God courageously. And the only way that you and I can be able to deal with reality, the only way that you and I are gonna be able to live life to the fullest is to be able to trust God regardless. No ifs, no buts, no, no maybes. We just say, God, you know what? I am going to trust you. Now, Solomon would say, if you and I are going to trust God, if we're going to invest ourselves, if we're going to commit ourselves, there's some steps that you and I need to take. Otherwise, we will never invest ourselves and we will never commit ourselves. And so Solomon answers those questions in the next few verses, and I want us to look at them. The first step that, that, that he would say is found in seven and eight, and here's what he says. It is good to be alive, to enjoy the light of day. A person ought to enjoy every day of his life. This is true no matter how long he lives. You know what he's saying? He's saying that you and I need to rejoice in what we've been given. We need to rejoice in what we've been given. You know, I think you and I can get so caught up in, in what we do that we don't pay attention to who we are. We can get so caught up in spending our, our time asking, God, am I in your will? Am I doing what you want? And what we really need to be asking is, am I living a godly life? You see, Solomon is saying to you and me that we are to do whatever makes us happy. You say, you're kidding me. No, that's God. He's given us all things for our enjoyment, okay? So he says to you and me, he says, you know what? Enjoy life, embrace life. Just remember, 
that you're going to give an account to God. Just remember that you and I need to be responsible to God. And so what he is saying is enjoy life. Rejoice in what you have been given because there's no fountain of youth. You know, there's no fountain of youth. Don't let the fact that, that, that you don't know everything and, and you don't have everything keep you from rejoicing in what you do know and in what you do have. And so he says to you and me, he says, rejoice in what you have. And then he goes on to speak to young people. And here's what he says. He says, young people, enjoy yourselves while you are young. Be happy while you are young. Do, listen to this, do whatever your heart desires. Do what you want. You know what he's saying? He's saying, love God and do whatever you please. Now, obviously, he's not saying, hey, go get drunk be immoral, rob people, mistreat people. No, he's saying, hey, you know what? Love God and do as you please. That's the kind of life that God has for you. That's life and life to the fullest. You see, I, I don't know if we encourage one another enough in this to live life and to be able to, to, to follow the desires of our heart. But that's what Solomon is saying. He is saying, rejoice in what you've been given. And then he says this. He says, he says, remember that you must give an account, okay, to God for everything you do. You say, oh, bummer. You got to throw that in there, Dwight. No, the reason why is because Solomon is saying, if you live below the sun, you're going to experience pain and problems. But if you live above the sun, if you have an eternal view, then what happens is you can really embrace life and live life to the fullest. And so he would say, rejoice in what you've been given. Let me give you the second thing in which he says, okay? He says, remove resentment from your heart. Remove resentment from your heart. Look what he says. He says, so put away trouble from your heart. The word trouble here refers to anger and resentment anger and resentment. You see, when you and I are full of anger and resentment, and we will because we're living under the sun, okay, people aren't always going to treat you right. They're not always going to treat me right. And so there's going to be things that will make me angry, and there's going to be things that will make me want to be resentful. And what he's saying is, put that away, because if you don't put that away, guess what? You'll never live life to the fullest. And so he says, remove resentment from your heart. Because what happens is, if anger and resentment stays in your heart, you know what? I'm going to be an unhappy camper. I'm going to be filled with anxiety. I'm going to be filled with depression because I'm angry, I'm resentful, I'm unhappy of what all has happened to me. And we don't live in a what? Perfect world. And so Solomon would say, make a commitment to rejoice in what you've been given, but remove resentment from your heart because resentment is no way to live. Here's what I know, okay? If you're unhappy, if you're depressed, if your life is full of anxiety, check this out. What's trouble? in your heart? What's troubling your heart? And he would say, put away that, okay? Deal with your anger and your resentment. And then he says this. He says, put away pain from your body. What's he talking about here? He's saying, treat your body well. Don't fill it with alcohol and drugs and, and tobacco and, and food that's not good for you. Because you know what? You'll end up being an older person and you'll say this. You know what? If I would have known I'd lived this long, I would have treated my body better. Okay? And so he's saying, he's saying, put away the trouble from your heart. 
Put away the pain from your body. And then he wraps it up. He gives us the reason why. He says, because the years when you were a child and the best years of your life is going what? Fast. He's saying, rejoice in what you have. Don't allow your life to be filled with resentment and anger because life is moving on. Treat your body well. And then finally, he wraps it up and he says this, remember your creator. Rejoice in what you have. Remove resentment from your heart but remember your creator. Here's what he says. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you say, I find no pleasure in them. What's he saying? He's saying that you and I should embrace life, we should live life and live life to the fullest, but do it with wisdom. Do it from God's perspective because one day, guess what? you're going to be old and you're going to look back over your life and you don't want to look back over your life and say, I wished I would have done this. I wished I wouldn't have done that. What you want to be able to do is you want to be able to celebrate what you have done. And so Solomon is saying, remember your creator. He's not saying put posting notes all over your house or all over your mirrors. No, what he's saying is put God at the center of your life. Embrace his wisdom. Let him guide you and lead you so that you can have life to the fullest. I want to leave you with this quote, and, and, and this is so, so powerful. Somebody has said that you only live life once, but it's enough. It's enough if you do it right. And Solomon has given you and I the way to do it right. He says, invest yourself and commit yourself to it. And as you commit yourself to it, rejoice in what you have been given, remove that resentment from you, and remember your creator, and you will look back on your life that has been fulfilling, fun, and fruitful. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for Solomon. We thank you for his wisdom. And God, we, we don't want to play it safe. We, we want to embrace every good thing that you have for us. And, and so I pray today that we would be intentional and that we would invest ourselves. I pray that we would commit ourselves to investing ourselves in multiple different ways with our time and our talents and our treasure. I pray, God, that, that we would commit ourselves to rejoicing in what you have given us, that we would commit ourselves to removing all resentment from us, that we would deal with the anger and the resentment, and that we would always remember you as our creator, that you would always be the center of our life. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media. Download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through Google Play or the App Store, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.